kai a rātou e hanga te whare, kai te whare e hanga ngā tangata. They who build the house are built by the house. Enga iwi, enga hapu, enga karangaranga maho te motu, no mai hara mai ki te hotaka nei a te ahika. I'm Justine Murray. Welcome to another week of Te Ahika. In today's show, we talk acting, eating, and politics. Yep, for the acting part, I'm with actors Fatanui Flavel and Rui Mata Fox, who spent the past three weeks in Wellington eating, breathing, and living Shakespeare. But not as you know it. And here's the kicker. It was all in Te Reo Māori. Words like te warahia and all those words, big words. Te warahia. Yeah. And, what, what does um, that mean? I think it's, um, you've, ah, there's a line of mine, uh, ko te warahia e koe hoa, so you've messed it up, or you've, you've already ruined it. You put a oh, stop so to it. Oh, so maybe I'd like say ko fati koe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something know? like that. You've yeah. messed it up. Hanging out for a hangi and some kapahaka, once a year, the only kurakaupa pamari for the Wellington rohe, Nā Mokupuna, hold a gala. We're just smoking fresh mullet on site. It's been uh, brined overnight. We're pulling it straight out of the brine, patting it off dry, whacking it into the uh, smoker. A couple of, oh, give us about half an hour or so for that to just haka maua, haka pai te, te kinaki ki rote te, te ikala. After that, really, ten bucks apiece. And we even have a whitebait fritter cooking demonstration coming up, as well as a lesson in raranga weaving. Nā reira, e ngā iwi kueranga kōrero e heke mai nei. That's what's coming up on Te Ahika in the next wee while. Kia mō tonu mai. With the government announcing its position about Section 9 of the State-Owned Enterprises Act, following consultation with Māori about treaty obligations in regards to the partial sales of power companies, there still remain questions about the actual ownership of water. Marae Rakuraku met with Donna Hall at the Wellington Consultation Hui last month, who explained the position of her client, Sir Graham Latimer of the New Zealand Māori Council, heading the claim that has been submitted to the Waitangi Tribunal. I represent Sir Graham Latimer, and Sir Graham Latimer is the chairperson of the New Zealand Murray Council, and uh, I've acted for Sir Graham for the last 25 years. Uh, from when Dame Sharn Elias was appointed to the bench, I became the solicitor, and I've been that since then. And that's in relation to the fact that they were... Uh, the initial claimants when it came to the State Enterprise Owned Enterprise Act? Yes, well, Sir Graham's actually been involved in lots of cases uh, where we've taken a role. Like, very few people know that it was Sir Graham and the Maori Council who, uh, along with Archie and others, were very strong uh, advocates for the retention of the Maori seats. We only had four seats back then. Uh, then the case went on to seeing that the Maori option was able to run uh, and and we had to really fight for the ability to advocate and be resourced so that the option could be understood. And that's serious implications for Murray understood. Uh, so there were a number of cases that were under the radar which Sir Graham was involved in. And so over the years, we've come to have a pretty good understanding about how he likes to do things. And I guess over the years, you're just... 
you're just going through the same old thing year after year? Well, it, it could seem like that, except that uh, if you enjoy and enjoy the, 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 the people you work for, in my case, uh, Sir Graham and the Taitokero District Māori Council, uh, Manu and the Mātātua District Māori Council, Titifai, these are exciting and wonderful people to work for, to serve, to disagree with. Uh, and so it's been from. a wonderful uh, uh, opportunity to learn. Mm. Now, today you said when you know who owns it, then you can work out who manages it. Yeah. Uh, the claim brought by... And we have to go to the claim that's been filed by the council. So if you do do that, what you'll see is the very first claimant that's on the table is the chairperson of the Whatatiri Māori Reservation. His name is Taipari Munro. And Taipari Munro, uh, he and his people are based up at Whangarei in the Rohe of Ngāpuhi. And uh, their claim isn't to all of the waters of the world or even to all of the waters of Aotearoa. Their claim is to a very specific spring based at Poroti. And what they're saying is that that land was set aside for their common use and benefit and for their purposes in the 1890s by a native land court judge. And he said it. It was for their use, benefit and enjoyment. And what happened was that the Whangarei District Council wanted the waters so that they could feed the town water supply to what was Whangarei Township. And so when they had the reserve designation put on the land, they took the adjoining two land blocks uh, off the Poroti people for survey costs that they didn't ask for. So they, they had no money to pay these costs, so they lost it in land. Then they put the pump houses in there, and now and they're pumping the water into Whangarei, and they're still doing it. They're still doing it today. And so those people are claiming that what they seek is their interest in that spring, that spring, dealt with. And they're asking that their issue be addressed. Uh, uh, and so there are a number of claims like that. You move to the second group that's named here, Ngāti Rangi Tauriri, my mother's people, uh, and Little Lake Rotokauwo. Uh, then you go to the very next claimants, and it's Lake Rotongaio. That's a little lake that's uh, at Waitahanui. And again, uh, uh, those people there, they own all the surrounding lands. It's all Māori land, and they're the owners, and they say that they own the water in Lake Rotongaio. Uh, so, so we've collected, if you like, by use of the network of the Māori Council, all of the case examples that we could find of, of situations where the government really has to answer these claims. The intention was to say, you answer these claims. Individually, they're just little claims and none of them on their own amounts to an interest in a power station. But you put all of these claims together, side by side, along with the many other claims that we've now heard about as we have followed these consultation hui and heard from the different groups. Side by side, shoulder to shoulder, as we move right through the country, every hapu has a similar sort of story. And that's the case of the council. It's saying, let's hear those claims now. So today we're at a consultation hui and we were actually told by the chair of the consultation that this wasn't about hapu, that he didn't want to hear about the marae water. Well, that's, that's what they're saying. The government wants to deal at an iwi level. 
the trouble is that the claims to water are from a hapu level. And so there's tension, and we have to have a discussion. And um, it needs to be a fairly open and frank discussion that the, the interests in water are hapu interests. Are these distractions? Well, I, I think the way that this way has been run is a distraction in the sense that the questions that were put up are, they sidestep the issue. It's, it's not hang on to Section 9, that's a given. The, the issue is how do we give effect to Section 9? How do we give effect to Section 9? The answer we've given is, the Māori Council's given, is deal with the Māori claim to an interest in water. Because from that, you'll get resolutions. From that will flow the discussion the issue that Māori have with their interests in water being ignored. And when we have established the Māori generic interest in water, then we can go on to look at, well, how is this going to be resolved? The government has enormous pressure on it. I thought Professor Winniata's comments today, I always think they're worth giving very careful interest to, but he, he put it really squarely. He said the Māori partner has got to understand that in a financial crisis there has to be a willingness to hear what the partner has to say and to address that issue. That's what he said. Kia ora, Donna Hall, North Tiarua. Another claim that has been heard before the Waitangi Tribunal at the moment is the Kohanga Reo claim. We'll be reporting back on that in a few weeks' time. You're listening to The Sound of Tiahika with Justine Murray and Mariah Rakuraku. It's your boy, Taina. The Shakespeare play Troilus and Cressida has had a makeover, Māori styles. Taroihi Rāua Ko Kāhira ended a brief stint at this year's New Zealand International Arts Festival, and boy was it brief, only two shows in Wellington. But now the cast and crew will play Auckland before heading to London's Globe. But what wasn't brief was the three-week stay at Taputeranga Marae in Wellington, where it was all about the rehearsals. Put on by Narco Tua Theatre Company based in Auckland and directed by Rachel House, the cast comprised of seasoned actors and some fresh faces. I caught up with them last week and got the background production story from Grace Wheat. Kia ora rā, ko whatanui flavel tēnei a heuri noroto te arawawaka a o taranaki whanui anohoki a ki tahotaku pāpā no ngā tirangi wewehi a me ki tarawa whānui ki tautaku whāia no, no tarana ki whānui. 
kia ora, kia ora Whatsanui. Your, your dad's to Ururua. We'll just mention that from the start. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll just mention, we'll just get that uh, elephant out of the way. Yeah. Um, and uh, he must be proud, obviously. I think so, yeah. Performing and drama run through the whanau? No, it doesn't. I'm kind of the first one to get into this sort of industry, so it's pretty, pretty sweet. It's good to stand on my own two feet, I guess. Yeah. I'm 19 years of age. 19. Yeah, say so I've only... I'm the youngest by far in the in the cast. And in the Fano, in the Fano, so I'm the I'm the fourth in the Fano. Fourth in the Fano. Out of five, yeah. In terms of Te Reo Māori, this plays all in Te Reo. Is that your first language? Yeah, Te Reo was my first language. I was brought up. Um, I went to Te Kura Kaupapa Māori or Te Kotu in Rotorua. Um, so it was, it's kind of oh, it's good for me, you know, being Māori being my first language it was quite easy to pick up on the Reo and stuff. Although it's quite uh, the Reo standards is quite high with um, Te, te Haumihiata uh, being the translator. Um, but I think um, it would probably be easier learning in Te Reo uh, than it will be doing uh, performing in English. of um, Te Reo Māori, Shakespearean language is not hard to read when it's in English, let alone translating that into Te Reo Māori. How did you, or did you, um, have difficulties in, in or Te Haumiata, who is the uh, translator of this particular play, um, how did you, what were the difficulties or challenges of the language used from the Shakespearean play? Yeah, I definitely understood the Māori better than I understood the English. Whenever I was confused about the English, I'd sort of hit up the guys that have been in Shakespeare or been in like the what's an example for a while. of that? So um, oh, what's an example? How doth thou? Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's it's quite um, even you know when you're just talking about love and stuff, the words they use is is beautiful, but it's I can't even understand it. So I just hit up Marawiri, uh, who's quite good with his words. Um, and he'll just tell me, you know, he'll simplify it to the max and um, then I'll be able to understand the Māori. One of the most uh, powerful characters in history, Helen of Troy. Um, but the Māori name, I'm sorry, I'm here with Roy Mata Fox. Kia ora, yes. Roy Mata. Kia ora, Justine. What's the Māori word for Alexander? Arekahanara. So, uh, Arekahanara. Yeah. So that's your name, that's Alexander. And, and you also play Herena for Helen. So, so two characters. Two characters, yeah. So we swap and change. Uh, one's a ropa, one's a servant, and one, of course, is Helen of Troy. So we have the two scenes. It's quite, and they're both very different. So that's been awesome, awesome challenge. Kapai. We'll just kick off our kōrero, um, Roimata, with um, you telling me where you were born and raised, your marae, your iwi, hapu. Cool. Um, I was born and raised in the East Coast. Uh, Ruatoria is my hometown, and uh, I grew up in Gisborne, went to school in Gisborne. My uh, marae is... Te Horo Marae, and uh, yeah, grew up on the coast, 
um, my hapu is Ngāti Rangi as well as Ngāti Horowai and uh, I. So I grew up on the farm, so it's been a big difference coming into the city and doing acting <laughs> and stuff from docking sheep and things like that where I'm from. Yeah, so it's an exciting change. So how did you um, go from the sheep shearing shed oh. to the theatre stage, darling? Well, there, there was a time back in Gisborne Girls High School. No, I went to Gisborne Girls and I realised there was a drama teacher there called Gary Fowle who just ignited this flame inside of me and he um, he told me, girl, I think you're, you're really talented and I... By the, at that time, I was consumed by the shame factor. I thought, oh, no shame. You can't just get up there and do things like that. They're, people will laugh. People will laugh at me. But no, he pulled me out of my shell. And then next thing you know, I moved to Auckland, went to South Seas Film and Television School. And um, I have not looked back since. I love it. And I can't really imagine doing anything else. Yeah, it's been awesome. So then, Roy Mata, for, I mean, tell us about your, your previous acting work. Oh, previous act, I think my first little stint was on Shoreland Street, a little two-episode little <laughs> stint, which I was totally buzzing out about. I was we're, 19. We're, 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 I played Tui. She was a character on there. She was very in and out. She was a patient, and I just thought I'd hit the big time. <laughs> I've got money. I got paid. Um, since then, I've done a production with Rawari Paratini called Pura Pura Fetu, where I played nice. his wife. Um, that was awesome to just, I soaked Rawari up like a sponge, just watching the way he works really helped me um, become who I am today. I've done a tour of Raising the Titanics, which was a show about the Māori show, Bands the Volcanics. Oh, yes. Back yes. in the day, it was awesome. It was Tama Waipara. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Tama was the head of that. He was our musical department to the core and a lot of other little plays. But, um, yeah, this is something beyond anything I've done before. To have Shakespeare, which is huge, and Te Reo, it's been an awesome challenge, exciting, yeah. Have you had any um, oh, challenges? I think the first day we had a boot camp earlier uh, in December of last year where we boot all camp. turned up. It was like a boot camp, like a real Morocco kind of boot camp where we all just had to come and, you know, hit the, hit the books, hit the script. And we all came in with the same fears. We were so afraid, you know. Some of us have touched Shakespeare, some of us... Are just born and bred with te reo. Some of us have no idea. And I remember walking in there just so afraid of William Shakespeare and we actually broke it all down. Rachel's amazing at that. She broke it all down for Rachel us. House? Rachel House, yeah. There is no fear of that anymore. I used to look at the words and go, what are they saying? But then you'd say something and then your words are so fair, which means, you know, your words are beautiful. Now you just, I look at it and I, if I sit there long enough, I can break it all down and translate it. Similar with uh, Māori. Some Māori proverbs are exactly the same as Shakespeare. It's beautiful that mm. the two mix together so well. So short stint in Wellington. You're off to Auckland, right. uh, 22nd of March, to perform, um, well, I'm going to say the Te Rohi Rawa called Kahira. Yes. That's Troilus and yep. uh, Cressida. And then you're off to London. Yeah, it's just going to be boom, boom, boom all the way. Um, after this, after our Wellington performances, we get a week back home, which is going to be awesome. Go see the kids, go see the family, and then straight into Auckland rehearsals. We're really looking forward to it. But London is the absolute pinnacle, you know, the being globe. able to perform in the globe. But for now, we're totally focusing, you know, our people here, the show delivered, delivered to our people to... Um, yeah, that's been our main focus. Our shows here are going to be a lot 
tougher and you know we really want to knock New Zealand out of the park and then London will just be the cherry <laughs> on the cake and that'll be just whoa but um yeah we're giving just as much to our New Zealand performances as the globe I'm really excited. The producer of Māori Shakespeare play Troilus and Cressida Grace Hoyt. Oh <laughs> well actually I was raised in the Hokianga. Um, I'm a bit of a mixed grill uh, you know I come from up up the Hokianga, of course um, so there's that Napui side and my mum's Te Apodi, Te Rarawa, but I also um, I live and I'm um, very much on my Te Arawa side Ohinimutu is a, uh, and Whakariwerewa those are a home um, but I also have very strong my my queers kaununu mani o puto tufare so like I said I'm a bit of a mixed girl. <laughs> kia ora, kia ora Grace. So my first question is why the play Troilus and Cressida? Well actually you probably have to ask that I would put it to you that one. Um, basically what it was was when the, the idea came up for this uh, 37 of Shakespeare's plays in 37 different languages 37 countries. And this is what you're talking about, they will be performed yes, at the Globe. Yes, London. at the Globe Theatre. So it came from there. And different countries were assigned different plays. Rawiri was offered the um, the opportunity, what's your favourite play, Rawiri? And they'd already had a previous discussion, and he was only joking, it was Troilus and Cressida. But Troilus and Cressida is well known as Shakespeare's problem play. Yeah. Problem play. Problem play. Did it have a lot of problems while it was produced? No, not back so in much that. It's just one of those ones where um, people. It, it's not necessarily an easy production like some of the other plays are, are, are complete packages. With this one, it is a tragedy, but at the same time, there it's not a tragedy, but it is. Um, this is part of the problem. But no, um, and the beauty of it is Rawiri jokingly said, George, Twilis and Cressida. So they gave it to him. But yes, we've been assigned Twilis and Cressida and um, Trohi Rawa ko Kahira. Yes, which so. is the Māori translation of Twilis and Cressida. Mm. And uh, it's entirely in te reo. It is. Which is the language that's going, one of the 37 yeah, languages. Yeah, that's, that's what I think for me the big, um, the kaupapa is. It's te reo Māori on the international stage. Um, and that's a biggie because it's all part of the Cultural Olympiad, which is the London, London. 2012, uh, 2012 Games. Um, they have those big cultural festivals beforehand. And yes, this one is representing Aotearoa. So Grace, in your um, capacity as the producer of Troilus and, and Cressida, I mean, it's pretty hard out work. Yeah. What have been some of the challenges? The biggest challenge is always going to be finances and budget. Um, we have a big crew, a cast of 18 um, at the moment with a crew of just three. Um, 18 and cast and three. Yeah, so, so you've got your production manager, stage manager uh, and producer. And the reality is trying to find the money. Um, we're still having to try and find the money to get over there. Uh, we've been very fortunate. We've had great support from uh, the Māori Language Commission. To, um, to yes, to as in being able to pay for those translations and, and, and allowing their staff to home here to, to work with us closely on that. I mean, it's a beautiful resource now. We've got a fully completed um, Shakespeare, which will, I believe, will be published one day by them. Um, and we'll go out to the kudas and places like that. So then why, I mean, my, I mean, that's, that's you know, narco Māori, that's the Māori way mm. to, is to, you know, uffy each other, but then why why have a kua to go and see this performance, like a donation wow. system? 
Well, I guess you have to ask the festival oh, okay. that one. Yeah, because um, maybe it's because, I don't know, it could be fear, I'll be honest. It could be fear that we won't get an audience, but we know we will. Um, and it, I think partly it's because in many realms it is a mainstream festival. Um, and mainstream festival, although they've tried really hard, they've had a great Māori and Pacifica component in this festival. The reality is, it is a mainstream festival, and with with anything Māori, especially in our own language, um, it's always going to be an uphill battle to have that full recognition. But we, I think, the realization now is that they realise they haven't got enough performances um, because we know that there are kura coming from around the you mean, lower part um, of the... because you're only in Wellington for the 9th and the 10th, yeah. and then you're up to Auckland, Auckland. for a week yeah. break. We've got, we've got four shows in Auckland, um, and then we're off to London. We would be dearly love to be able to take it to the regions, because that's where our people are. But um, we can't afford to. We can't afford to. I've got a pledge page. We've got a pledge page going out at the moment. I didn't know that. Um, well, pledge our website me. went live. Um, it's probably going to be on our website, which is uh, the dot com. And um, basically, because I've still got a, we still have to find the putia to be able to get us to London. We've had support from Tapuni Kōkiri, but you know the state services at the moment, they're not in great shape. We've had wonderful support from Tōkotoi, um, and they've given us their maximum support that they can. But um, like I said, it's a 10-week tour, and it costs mega dollars. Mega bucks. Yeah. Oh, ten week tour. You, well, you see, you've, got, you've got a rehearsal period, you know. Yeah, and all three of that, weeks you've been down here. Takes, yeah. Will it take a lot of putia to get to London? Yes, Grace? it does. I'm still, I'm still looking for. I hope you don't mind me saying it, no. but I'm still looking for another eighty-five thousand dollars. Eighty-five. Well, and the, hence yeah. the pledge me page. Yeah. Well, yes, which is where people can click. In I think and we're donate. going on a, a Kickstarter page, but um, oh, but one yeah, of those types one of those ones. Taika yeah, we'll get it out there. Yes, yes, I think it's the same one as what Tiger's on, um, been on, and um, yeah, that's the reality, you know. And we're asking for people, you know, if you've got a spare ten dollars or a spare hundred or even a spare thousand, you know, anything to help us get over there mm. to be able to complete the mahi. But I think at the end of the day, we're going to get there. Yeah, because you know, for us, it's about our language being out there and on this on this international stage. But the beauty of it is that we actually open the festival. We actually open the the the, the play section of the festival, um, and they've given it to us the great honour of opening on Shakespeare's birthday. So, which is April the twenty third. This is, is the itinerary in London. Yes, yes, this is a Globe Festival. So, um, we're kind of wanting all our our um, community over there. To, to come along. And, you know. That would be Nazi Rana Nama. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, I believe there's 32,000 Māori that, you know, also that live over there. So I was like, wow. Mm. So it's enormous. Kei tu atuki tērā, Grace Hoite, Namahi Kiakwe. Oh, kia ora. We heard from Fatsunui Flavel, who plays Paris in the Māori Troilus and Cressida, and Roy Mata Fox, dual characters for her in the play Helen and Alexandra.
Now, 85000 bucks sure is a lot of money. They have a few ideas in mind, like a Pledge Me page, as you heard in the corridor, will keep you posted on those details. Now, next Thursday in Tamaki Makoto, Auckland, go along on Totoko. They're playing at the Town Hall. Again, head to our page, uh, radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. We've posted up some details. And we welcome feedback. You can email us, tiahika at radionz.co.nz. And in fact, if any listeners have a story they'd like to share about tomo, that's arranged marriage or whāngai, you can contact us Tahika Radio New Zealand National. Every month, Levin Kokiri hosts students from around the area learning Raranga. Mariah Rakuraku visited them one weekend. Kira, my name is Aina, Aina Jensen, um, born and bred in Levin, the whanau of Warren at Kirihi. Um, so, Really staunch maupoko, or mua upoko, to say. Yeah. And Pucky Brown? Kia ora, Pucky Brown. Born in Wairau, Kalangunu. Uh, lived in Kapiti for 10, 11 years. Um, yeah, have a family of 10. And Pucky, you're, um, you're learning how to weave here? Yes, my third, well, this is my third year. First year was Kōrawaii, this last year and this year's Harakeke, and it's been a real education. You know, you can tell um, weavers because fellas always got those bright coloured pigs. <laughs> Thank God for them. <laughs> she called me the pig lady this morning. <laughs> my favourite pig out of all the pigs. Yellow, you know. this, that's why Combined mine are all yellow. Yep, yeah. they're very strong. If you feel that, you can buy eight. That's why, and they got they got holders. Yeah, they are. Those are the um, oh, what do you call them? Those spring pigs. Yeah, yeah. And they're made out of hard plastic, and they're bright and colourful, so yeah. you can actually see them. And when they you peg your work together. Now, what were you doing there? Oh, well, I'm starting her off on her um, cast off. Her cast off with the bottom. So see that? Well, it's going to be like that right around eventually. And then we've got another one more row uh, of cast off to close it up, so it becomes like that. Oh, lovely! And that's what—that's the flat bottom a flat of a kit there. Yeah, and this is one of the easiest ones out that we that I really know. Yeah, so we're teaching it to her today. Now that is a beautifully coloured one. It, it kind of looks almost golden black. Well, actually, once it's dried, it's, it'll come uh, white because it's natural natural and black but once, if you boil it it changes their colour and then when it dries it goes white hopefully as <laughs> mm. the dyeing does it end up being a bit of an experiment sometimes trial and error always always trial and error um, now for instance lovely she's gone but she dyed all her finu at home um, purple now finu are the strands the strands yeah and um, her purple, um, half of it wasn't, hadn't gone through the colour that she wanted, the purple. So um, she did it again yesterday. Perfect. The whole lot came through. So it's trial and error, you know. Yeah. Are we just, are we leaving those ones up? We're leaving those ones up. Are those just but, two, two, two up, two down? Yeah. 
the pake, we've got to remember, um, we've got to make sure our ara is on. Mm-hmm. Now, ara is a weaving row that we, we aspire to. We always rely on it to carry on the next row. Yeah, here it is here. See there? See that one's gone right out. Yeah, so it's gone out again, and we'll, you'll be looking for where are you? Yeah, I'll be going down that way. Yeah, so I'll put you back right there. Where did you come from? Oh yes, yeah. I see. Well, you know our family like to hide. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and we are in trouble. <laughs> we get to the end, we go, oh oh. It's hide and seek with us. Yes. And so what happens? We pick up what the do wrong we do? We gotta unpick. Yes. So there's our line there. Put your peg there. So it might be safe if you go right around first and do that first and then you can go straight on to your your castor. <clears throat> Paki, have you been making this kete this weekend? I started this one this morning. I made this one yesterday. E <laughs> <laughs> you. Are you going to be making... Will you be making handles or...? I'm going to do um, muka handles. Hey, I know. I just noticed you got parakeki holding your glasses on your on your mouth, well, around your neck. That's right. It's actually keki. There was a piece over there yesterday. Sorry. Zoop. <laughs> does does it not cut your neck? No. Well, it wasn't long enough, but it'll do me. It'll do me, hey. <laughs> See? Or else I put my glasses down and go, okay, where's my glasses? That's me all day long. <laughs> you did that this morning, didn't you? And it was I left at home, yeah. Got a thing about glasses, putting things down. Where's my glasses? Try looking on your head. Okay, would you like to try and go around there and see if you can... Eh? Yep. We'll get, get let you do that job because that's where we started. Oh, it's so eh? soft, and it's so pliable. Oh, yeah. eh? Would you like to do it or oh, not? We'll just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Otherwise, I'll be calling you out, Hill. Aina, there are a number of ways of starting a kitene. Yes. So, this kitene has been started from the top going down to the bottom. Um, she's casting on already now. Yes, so, it's, so it's from the bottom. We start from the bottom actually, and and weave up. Oh right. Yeah. And then finish that, then come back to the bottom. Yeah, and then close it up, close it up, and then like she's already done um, the finish with the top. Right. Now we're starting to close the bottom off. Oh. Yeah. Shall I go come and deal to you? Oh. And is it's it's a real big. It's two up, two down, and leave the one up. Oh, yes, we have to sell two down. I'm coming to the other. Are you following me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
I tried to join you. Now, where are we? If I knew, I wouldn't be talking for you. <laughs> so why are we joining her? Oh, oh, where? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, we can actually um, um, put, pull that right... Oh, look. What? There. You've jumped. Look how oh, many you've jumped. One, two, four. You've jumped five steps. Well, Clever girl. One big, okay, so um, we'll fix that up later. Anna, can you tell just by looking? Um, yes, see? She's gone over three there. Yeah. This go back, is, go back, go back. Yeah, we're going to pluck that out because yeah. I'd prefer to... We can pull this, that new one through. See, she's got a short one in there. See? She's not going to go very far with that, and yeah. it's thinned out. Yeah. So, what we plan to do, see, she's got to come. She's over two there, that's right, over three. Yeah, wrong. A lot of weaving's about maths, isn't it, Ina? Yes, numbers. And counting. Yeah. Yeah, that's where we have it really good there, our, lit our numeracy, you know. Well, because look at our old people. How do they do all this, you know? They, were, they had to work by numbers. And uh, we've become very clever with ourselves. <laughs> Especially working all these patterns. <laughs> it's all about numbers. And it really is. Um, and about counting. Yeah, And about it patience. It's, yeah. So we can. We're looking over here. You've got no tordura here, in between there where we're supposed to. Remember, every fifth row, supposed to be an over two. So here we, here's our over two there. So we go one, two, three, four, five. See, we've got takitahis there. There's no tordura, but over here where we've started you. See, one, two, three, four, five. There's your tordura row. Over two, mm. hey? mm. Then we go back to Takitahi. And then jumped over here. Yeah, so you bring all of that back to here and we'll be right. Kia ora, Ina Jensen and Paki Brown at Levin Kōkiri with Mariah Rakuraku. I'm Justine Murray and this is Te Ahi Kā. Te Kupinga Gala Day is an event every year for... What are you doing today? Mahi here Kanai. Yes, so we're just smoking fresh mullet on site. It's been uh, brined overnight. We're pulling it straight out of the brine, patting it off dry, whacking it into the uh, smoker. A couple of, oh, give us about half an hour or so for that to just hakamawa, hakapaite, te kinaki kirote te ikala. After that, really, 10 bucks a piece. Wow, and do you have, like, brown sugar and the... In, well, in, in, in the brine, we... Hei tāte pāka, ko te kaupapa o te brine, he oritiki te osmosis. Osmosis? Osmosis, he kupu pāka tera. And um, what you do, it, it sounds a bit strange, but you put your fish into salty water to draw the water out of the fish. Right, kapai. But it, it, it's a standard way of brining and preparing kaitu uh, for smoking. So you draw the moisture out. I uh, to draw the moisture out. You, you do like a kilo of salt per 16 litres of water. Uh, you put a, a kilo of soft brown sugar in there as well, mix it all up. 
drop the fish in there, leave it overnight, pull it out, pat it dry, put it on the into the smoker. Half an hour later, sweet as. Oh, kapoi. So um, you've got your setup here. Right. This is the smoker, just a, a drum. It's a 44-gallon drum split sideways with a hinge on it. Uh, on the inside, we've got standard barbecue ring burner. On top of that, we'll put a dish with the uh, maramara, the, the maramara manuka, the, the manuka wood chips. Yes. Uh, fire that up, get the smoke going, lay the fish in, in a hangi in a hangi basket. Fits perfectly just inside the 44-gallon drum. Mutatutera na kapai, mawanatakai. And who caught the the uh, the mullet? Uh, well, the what the fano na hari na matu mete mete kupinga he kupinga te kana te mea kari na kuekihi te 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 kanai. You can't you can't get the mullet on a line, uh, but uh, good good for um for netting. And uh, in front of me was uh, Jason Nake and his wahine Deborah. So what are you up to, Jace? What are you oh, doing? Cooking fry bread. Yeah, man, you got a long line, bro. Huge line. It's been like this all morning. What does te rao te kupinga mean to those who perhaps don't understand what this day is about? Oh, the, for the for the kura, pra- being pragmatic, it means uh, we raise some money for the for the for the kura, for the local community. I think what it means is that they get involved with the. Uh, no, there you go, you go. Jason is just um, flipping his fry bread and he's making them as well. And there's only two of the men in here. Fry bread is pretty long. It's probably about 30 people lining up. There you go, you go. So what I guess it is, it's a chance for the local community to come and, and have a look at the kura. Um, because given how the kura began, um, you know, it's... it's and, and I've got to say, the local community supports, and which is quite good. With Seatune also being one of the most affluent areas in Wellington yeah. and getting that level of support, I think it's a vindication for the kura and also for the um, for the local community. So this is the Prawa Parai, this is the fried bread store with uh, Jason and Deborah and the line's building up. Hey Jace, can I just ask you what the secret to your fried bread recipe is? Secret to fried bread recipe? Who made it? Peace, love and harmony. That's the, that's the secret. And, and Yes, I did make it. It's, you... an, it's a nanny recipe with yeast, sugar... Uh, you're, yeah, yeah, you're normal. And so flour, water, yeast? High-grade flour. You've got to be particular on the yeast. How much sugar did you put in? Not enough to make it taste like donuts. And you know what? That's the thing. I, I don't do any measuring of, of stuff like that. Don't you? No, not at all. It's, and um, do you leave it for how long to rise? Uh, overnight I left these these two. There's five kilos in each of those. So that's 10 kilos worth of fried bread gone today. And the fry bread was delicious. Later on, I checked out a white bait fritter cooking demonstration with Kitty Dukihana. Spring mix and alfalfa sprouts into the white bait fritter mix. It's a delicate flavour, you don't want to 
overpower the overpower the things that are too strong. So we're just wanting something that's a little bit salady, a good good for a lunch, or good for a, you know all day, a starter at a party or something like that. And as with all fritters, once the uh, bubbles start appearing, that's when it's time to flip. I don't know why white bait for this really needs a demonstration, but we managed to get the white bait, so it was like, well, we can do that. It's all stuck. So at the moment, Kitty's just trying to flip the... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, sorry, sorry, it's a little commentary. She's trying to flip the white bait fritter. Yum. It's got that real eggy kind of omelette look. Do you season it afterwards? I put a little bit of salt and pepper into the mix, and we can, you can, we're going to put lemon on it, and maybe a little bit of um, black pepper onto the top. It's, it's a taste, really. It's a taste. <laughs> Not enough white bait. Bit more white bait. One more white bait. One more white bait. One more white bait. Half an egg. No white bait. Just the white. So everyone has their own theory as to what makes That's right. But this one, because we're rolling it into like an all, to make an all do, so we are putting flour into it as, as a fritter. But you can just have egg and, you know, White, 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 little egg. egg. <laughs> what did you say? Just the egg white, you reckon? Just the egg white. Oh, okay. Just the egg white. So it doesn't, so it doesn't yeah. affect no, the flavour of the, the white oh, bait. And the white yeah. bait yeah. has to be washed and kept in the water of the creek when it's boiling. Everyone is a, a white bait for the egg. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to come and demonstrate your oh, method? I'd like to demonstrate eating them. You can. I've got some extra eggs here and some more white bait if you want to do your method. Chair, okay, so we've got another another person from the crowd who um, has got another white bait recipe. He just uses white bait and egg white. So the egg yolk doesn't interfere with the flavour, apparently. So. so I've just had a sample of Kitty's um, white bait fritter with um, spring mix and alfalfa. Oh my gosh, Tereko Hoki. That was beautiful. Jack, who is um, doing his recipe. Hi, Jack. Hi. Uh, so, are you from um, Wellington? Where from? from down south originally. From down south. So, are you familiar with the, these uh, particular white bait being from South Island? Well, that's big white bait. <laughs> big white bait. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, the family that go for the west coast every year. Get, get, get the white bait. Um, but a firm believer in less is more with white bait. Less is more. Less. Of every uh, more less, white more, bait, more white yeah. bait, and less of anything else going in with them. Egg white. Actually, I saw. Um, the, what's the guy Brown from the Brown from the restaurant? Logan. Logan Brown. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was doing them on the west coast, just like this. So what is it? What did you just, just egg white. Full egg stop. White. Lots of white bait. Salt you can always add it afterwards. After? Yeah. Season afterwards. So there you go, we have the uh, cooking demonstration here at uh, Nice. Delicious. Delicious. And uh, we have Jack and Kitty cooking, and Jack is just doing a simple white bait, for, uh, white bait and egg white. That's it. Simple you can fluff the egg to make it all fluffy if you want to. But not a meringue. <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> not meringue stuff. This is Justin Murray, Radio New Zealand National Tiahika. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack's, at, Jack's um, doing his egg white and yeah. white bait. It's too strong flavour. Yeah, so you wait and taste the, the combination. This is more. 
Yeah. I was brought up with flour and lots of eggs and all that. No. Oh yeah, definitely just see the white, absolutely no yellow like the egg, obviously, but um, that's, wow, that's Jack's uh, recipe. Um, version of white bait fritter with just the egg white and the fritter. Verdict! Hats off to the chef, that was marvellous. Mmm, <laughs> I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. Kia ora koutou. A few friendly peeps at the Kura Kaupapa Māori or Nā Mukapuna Seatoon Wellington. Now there are pictures that will make you hungry. Head online to our webpage radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. And to find out more details about the show, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Tiahika on Facebook and click like. Here's Bruce Stewart of Tapuiteranga Marae with this week's Fakatoki. So we started to make up Fakatoki. Te arato i hanga te fare, ke te fare hanga ngā tangata. They who build the house are built by the house. There's young people built them, and the first ones that come. What we've done is bordering on miraculous. I'm writing a book about it. Unbelievable stuff that we did. Next week, Marae Rakuraku will be back in the whare. He mihi tēnei kia koutou katoa e are taringa mai ana, ki ngā kaira wikiweki mihini ngā mihi. Hoki mai hei tērā rā tapu, mai te whānau a tiahi kā kia tātou katoa, mauri ora.